Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indian Incursion Podcast episode 8, I believe. I'm not even 100% sure. I'm fairly certain it's episode 8, not including our Greg Lobanov interview, which you guys should check out. We actually put that up earlier this week. Uh, This is the podcast all about indie games and their creators. Now, actually about their creators. My name is uh, Von Hyde. I'm really just known as the ghost formerly known as Von Hyde, because that's my deal now. Uh, I am, of course, joined by... My good friend Josh that joins me every podcast, and we actually have a special guest today. His name is Jake Decker. Woo! You work for GameSpot, correct? I do. I'm not an indie developer, so I can't tell you about indie games I'm making, unfortunately. Dang it. But I can talk <laughs> about guys. <laughs> Kick them off. Thought you were an indie developer. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out of here. What happened? Why are we even doing this podcast anymore? <laughs> what do you do for GameSpot? Uh, I am a video producer, so if you go on to GameSpot's YouTube channel, or I guess just GameSpot's video page. Uh, some of those videos I've probably made, I've edited, or if you're lucky enough, you might actually hear me. Sometimes I do VO for them, but most of the time I just edit. That's pretty cool. How did you? Uh, I edit these podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> man, you uh, might as well do uh, exactly what he does, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> so I mean, good at before it. Before I worked at GameSpot, I edited a lot of podcasts, so much so that I got burnt out on editing podcasts so i have so much respect for you doing it week in week out (laughs) suck it josh please respect me (laughs) damn man all right i see how it is um i actually wanted to ask uh just because i know a lot of people are always interested on how they get into the game industry uh i was just curious from background story of how you got into GameSpot or what you did before that Yeah, so I went to school for film production, uh, not really interested in the game industry. I played a lot of games, uh, but I spent most of my time writing and directing and editing short films uh, for school. And then I started writing about games and I was like, wait a second, I can probably put these two skills together. And that's what I did. Uh, I did that for a couple years. I joined a website uh, that a friend of mine had made. And then we kind of all put our heads together, John included, who now runs Parallax. Uh, We put our heads together and came up with a website called The Game Bolt, where I did most of the video stuff. I had some help with a guy. I had some help from a guy named Jason Bethauser, who I still talk to every now and then. Uh, And we did like the podcast. We did all the video stuff, uh, video reviews, whatnot. And I did that for about a year and a half or so. And then someone pointed me in the direction of uh, an internship opening up at GameSpot. And I live in Southern California, and GameSpot's located in Northern California. So, like, it wasn't too... It, it wouldn't be... It wasn't too crazy to 
get up north a little bit. Uh, so I applied and somehow I got the job. It still surprises me to this day that I was the one picked. Um, but yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. I can go into detail, but I don't know how much detail you want. <laughs> no, that sounds good. That's uh, that's really cool, though. I mean, uh, I guess they picked the right one because you stuck around for a while, so good on them. Yeah, I've been here almost four years now, I think. No longer an intern, believe it or not. I kept me as an intern for a while, though. <laughs> Dude, was it a paid internship? or an... I would assume so. So it's a paid internship, but the catch is that it was in San Francisco, so it was like null like i pretty much just made no money uh just paid for rent and that was about it that's basically the story i've heard from like 90 percent of games media professionals they're just like yeah no it was in san francisco so i don't actually make any money yeah it was weird like when they were like this is how much you're gonna make as an intern i was like all right that sounds pretty good like that's more than anything i've done and then uh i i got i got my first uh rent my first month of rent was due and i was like oh that's the catch. <laughs> oh, man. Like, so it's ramen. Sweet. I'm so happy I'm going to live on noodles for the rest of my life. Plenty of ramen. Plenty of, like, like going up to my roommate and be like, hey, uh, I see you made a lot of food there. Want to <laughs> pass any over to me? Wouldn't always work, though. What? You didn't just, like, my roommate? When I look away, he just steals my food. I thought about it. You have proper kind of etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice guy. Not stealing food. Yeah, so nice. So what have you guys been playing this week? I, myself, have sadly uh, not played any indie games. This week isn't because Best Buy effed up my Hollow Knight thing or anything. <laughs> I just have not had any time, really. I've played a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that's about it. Just not much. It's exciting. I, I'm so glad that I told that story. What uh, What have you been playing, Josh? uh so i've been playing a couple of things i picked up celeste because i haven't played it even though i've heard so many good things about it i've just i I never did it and then now that the game awards are coming up i was like you know i really got to try this game everyone's talking about it being game of the year i love platformers i'm kind of surprised i didn't pick this up even sooner um and i've been playing the first uh, i think i'm through the third chapter now and jesus this game is like really tough i wasn't expecting it to come in this strong like even from the second act when there's like this chase scene it just it just ramps up in difficulty so quick i uh and it's it's like nice the way they do it though because i'm comparing that to the messenger which is my other top like indie game of the year choice um but with the messenger whenever you died the game would make fun of you You'd have this little guy who was flying around you and he would like say something, you know, witty to basically be like, oh, I got to beat this. But with this game, Celeste, it gives you like this encouragement at the same time. So it's like, oh, you could do it. Don't worry. Dying is just learning. Like it's very it's very funny the different approach they took at it because of the story behind Celeste. Um, But it still is very daunting when I completed chapter three and I looked and I was at like plus 200 deaths and I was like Jesus I suck <laughs> I was like I gotta get better at this but it's uh it's a lot of fun the the mechanics are really tight um it's very it can get annoying at times because you have to be kind of spot on for a bit um but I refuse to use the assist mode I want to do it I'm not no baby I'm gonna get through it <laughs> the the story is really good as well uh it doesn't kind of pick up I think until halfway but once you really get into it it uh goes some really cool places 
Yeah, that's what I've noticed. You could definitely see with the first couple of chapters that it's it's trying to edge into that of being a better person and having like this, you know, uh, sort of doom and gloom about yourself weighing your weighing yourself down so to speak um but yeah as far as chapter three goes there's really not much to it it's just kind of interesting to see i only know because you know you hear so much already since this game has been out for a while now but i'm definitely interested to see where the story goes later on what have you been playing jake uh i have been playing uh the return of the obra din i think i'm getting the title oh, right cool um return of obra din Return of Oberdin. That's what it is. I always forget. I just call it Oberdin because there's no other game <laughs> called Oberdin. Yeah. So, does that game hurt your eyes? It doesn't hurt my eyes, but it hurts my brain a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, your like, eyes are pretty I... close, so same thing, right? <laughs> I uh, like it, it. It is daunting. It is really daunting. There's like 60 people. You need to figure out who they are, cause of death, and it's really neat and clever. Uh, it feels like a big. I think like Jason Schreier tweeted, it's like a big puzzle box and I can definitely see that. However, for me personally, I don't, it's not really my kind of game, um, but I definitely see the appeal. Uh, so I've been playing that a little bit. So what's the, uh, sorry to cut you off, but what's like the main mechanic in the game? Like, what are you actually doing? Is it just like picking up clues and trying to figure stuff out like how does it work is it like point and click so you have this stopwatch i guess it's a stopwatch that lets you see someone the moment they die see what happens to this body the moment they die mm -hmm. so you activate that and you can basically you get like this little a little bit of text with a voiceover and then it cuts to the moment they die and it is usually pretty gruesome like someone got their head smashed by a cannon oh, or Jesus. like torn apart by like a monster some some stuff like that uh and yeah I'd, I'd say that's the main mechanic uh it's it's interesting um and then you're kind of like frozen in that time and you can kind of explore and pick up clues to figure out who these people are and then you guess and you have a notebook where you can enter what you think their name is what you think their cause of death is and who you think killed them or what killed them and then once you figure out three correctly there'll be a little noise that triggers and that's how you know that you did three correctly. However, if you don't do it correctly, you could just be like going for hours. Oh, Jesus. Trying to bang your head against the wall, trying to figure out uh, what is what. But when you do get it, you feel like a genius. Uh, but it's 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 tough. It, it is like not the kind of game that you can be doing other things for. Like I was kind of tired and texting a little bit and I was so lost. Um, <laughs> and then I picked it up again and put more investment into it. And I was like, all right, I follow this more, but still this is this is overwhelming it sounds like but a, it's very good it sounds like a really difficult single player version of clue yeah that's that, that, that's a good description uh i was talking to a coworker today and he was saying he's been playing with his girlfriend which sounds pretty ideal to play with someone else because then you can put your head together and like you know i missed a lot that someone else may not so it'd be nice to have someone there to kind of review evidence and talk over some of your hypotheses um, that's how i experience most like criminal stuff so yeah i watch yeah. law and order svu with my girlfriend all the time there you go it's like it's like the same Always thing except people. you're on a boat <laughs> except you're on a boat trying to find out who murdered people yeah 100 percent. exactly i was also playing mutant year zero i'm just playing the demo right now i think the game comes out in about a week but it's kind of like an XCOM strategy game uh but more like Mario plus Rabbids and how you like walk throughout the world and engage in different battles. Uh, 
yeah, I'd say it's like a dark Mario Mario Rabbids, I guess. With like anthropomorphic animals that talk and kind of curse. It's strange, but fun. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was far different than I thought it was going to be. Like every trailer and everything I've seen for it is just kind of like seemingly uh, not necessarily including gameplay so now that you say it's like a deep dark mario Rabbids, i'm like what the fuck that's so weird yeah it is strange when you first look at it because you see these animals that don't really fit this really dark post-apocalyptic post-post-apocalyptic world that it just seems kind of strange but it, it is fun if you like those uh what i've played so far based on the demo if you like those tactical uh rpg sort of style games it's definitely right up your alley are the enemies also animals or is it like animals fighting a bunch of humans they're like i forget exactly what they're called they're like some sort of mutants uh oh man i don't remember what they're called but yeah they're like humanoid things it's the x-men yeah <laughs> so, okay. so a duck fighting the x-men got it good game yeah <laughs> that's pretty much it well now this game just sounds amazing i have to play it <laughs> This is what Crystal Dynamics has been working on, actually, it turns out. No big deal. It's not even an Avengers game. It's Howard the Duck kills the Avengers. That's, that's exactly the, what the I thought of. I was like, it's Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Howard the Duck, I think it's about time we actually got into the news of today, which is just the most amazing seg- uh, segue I've ever heard. I mean, uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, for our first story, we're actually going to jump over to IGN. This written by Gabe Gerwin. Uh, it's Guacamelee 2, new character, skins, and challenge level enter the fray. I don't know why titles are always so weird for me. I don't know. This is just an odd title. Uh, but the gist of it is um, available now on PlayStation 4 and PC. Guacamelee 2 is receiving two new DLC packs over the next couple weeks featuring additional playable character skins as well as a new challenge level. Guacamelee 2 will add the Three Amigos character pack for $3 tomorrow, which is an awesome price, uh, which gives you the chance to play as bosses... El Muneco is what I'm going to say that is. Uh, Oipec and Jaguar Javier instead of the Hero Juan. Um, it looks like they they each have their own strengths and weaknesses. I, I don't know if that means it's going to change up the gameplay a whole lot. Um, and the challenge level is actually dropping on December 7th for $4. And it's uh, tasks you with working through a floating temple with the help of five lucha trainers uh completing a challenge will reward you with a particular trainer skin to use the main game i don't i don't know why i'm having such a hard time reading right now yeah basically you're getting a bunch of skins in a challenge mode for seven bucks in the in the coming weeks which is pretty exciting uh if either of you guys played guacamelee 2 and you're just super stoked you're just freaking out about this dlc i played the first one and it was one of my favorite games of 2012 2013 uh, and I've been meaning to play Guacamelee 2, but it just came out at such a weird time. Yeah, I'm at the same place right there. So I've played the first one. I loved it. And I just have not picked up the second one. But it's it's definitely something that I'm really looking forward to, especially with the next part of this news story, which is it coming to the Switch soon. Um, but I'm a little confused on this article just because, and, and the way they said it, is it that each one of the the different characters is three dollars, or is it that three dollars for all of them? Three enemies. I would assume it's a character pack. Okay, chance to play as the bosses. Okay, 
someone i forget where but i i was looking a little bit further and i think someone mentioned that it was for each of them but maybe they were wrong and that's what's tripping me up but i mean for three dollars that's crazy good i wonder though like the the way you mentioned it of having their own strengths and weaknesses how much of a difference that changes gameplay because i'm thinking like um you know with hollow knight they created uh i can't remember the the different types but like the, the character with the scythe and the the plague knight and having like a totally different level and having them go through the world in a different atmosphere i doubt uh, especially because of the three dollar price that that's going to be what this is um but it's at least nice knowing that you know if i do pick up this game now i'm getting a lot more bang for my buck um because it's you know it's only three dollars extra so it'll definitely be worth it i'm assuming you meant shovel knight what did I say? Oh, I said Hollow Knight. You said Hollow oh, Knight. Yeah, I, yeah, like, I meant Shovel Knight. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, they had the uh, they had the King of Cards DLC, which allowed you to play as King Knight, and then there was a Specter Knight and Plague Knight. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I'm fairly sure it's Plague Knight. Yeah, they're they're all really awesome. If you guys would like to, you can actually pick up plushes of them on uh, for fans by fans. No big deal. <laughs> I'm not saying at all that I own all of them. But you but do. I'm, I'm definitely saying that I, yeah, I own the majority of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, I meant Shovel Knight. Uh, I don't know how different they're going to be in that sense, um, but definitely not Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if you just get to play through the main story as the different bosses, which would be similar to how Shovel Knight, I mean, not similar to how Shovel Knight did it, because Shovel Knight was entirely different scenarios, but uh, right. you naturally just knew the strengths and weaknesses of each one of them because you play you beat them so you're like okay cool plague knight just throws bottles everywhere and he does all sorts of stuff with alchemy so i know what his strengths and weaknesses are so i'm assuming the strength and weaknesses will kind of come up naturally uh it seems that the switch release of guacamelee 2 is actually coming on december 10th from what i understand which is pretty exciting for switch people especially because there's seemingly a bunch of uh, switch games coming out every week bunch of switch indies which i definitely know about <laughs> it's also it's also pretty cool because it's coming out for 30 percent off for anyone who bought uh guacamelee one on the switch which is pretty cool um the only one thing and i tried reaching out to to the team um i forget what their name is it's like drink box for the guacamelee team um but I haven't heard anything from them. Uh, I'm not sure if that DLC is included in the Switch version or if you're even even able to order those DLC for Switch. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> if you like, can't purchase them at all until later, I, I once again, I'm making an assumption, but I, I would assume that you'd be able to purchase it because I don't think it's a different edition. It's just Guacamelee 2, so... I think you'd be able to purchase the additional like characters and stuff, but once again, all just speculation. Uh, for our next story, we are actually staying on IGN. This written by Jordan Serrani. I'm assuming I said his name right. Uh, this is No Man's Sky Visions update adds more colorful worlds and new life forms. This was actually posted on the 21st, uh, which I mean we could have talked about and probably should have talked about last week because this was a week ago but uh i didn't see it i think it literally popped up like right as we were recording but i'm actually a pretty big uh no man's sky fan and the fact that they're just they keep updating the game over and over again i think is amazing it's actually like nominated for an award at the game awards which i think is really cool i think it's like 
best reoccurring game. It's something weird. It's in there with Fortnite, so it's definitely going to lose, which I'm really sad about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just everything going up against Fortnite. It's basically like, yeah, they're going to lose. But it looks like it's going to include a lot of really cool stuff. A broader color palette for different worlds, new uh, flora and fauna, which just naturally kind of show up. But supposedly it's like predatory fauna and deadly flora, which... I, I don't know how I feel about that. That kind of creeps me out. But just all sorts of amazing stuff. Uh, there's also going to be a community research mission that calls for players around the world to work together in order to collectively reach an objective. Uh, once reached, all players will unlock new gear, emotes, and more. I This is really cool. And this is on top of the news that last month, um, they actually had the... They released the Abyss update, which allowed you to go underwater and build your base underwater and did this whole thing underwater if you didn't expect that but i i think this is awesome did you guys get into no man's sky at all i i think i talked to you a little bit about it josh before but i was really wondering if jake got into no man's sky and if he was totally burned on it like everybody else (laughs) uh i i so i played it when it first came out and i wasn't burned but i don't i wasn't expecting as much as everyone else i don't think i liked it a lot uh but i really got into it with the next update uh and it's super impressive how much they've put into this game since launch i know people are kind of down on the idea of releasing a game and then building on it after the fact but i think it works particularly well it worked particularly out well with this game um especially with like that whole new story because I played it at launch and then I played it again for next and playing through that story, uh, seeing like all the new additions, all the the stuff that had been cleaned up from launch was fantastic. I'm actually very excited to get back into No Man's Sky again this year so I can test out Visions and I also missed out on The Abyss. Um, So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because I was when I read this article, I was looking over and I was like, man, we've been doing the podcast for a long time because I remember doing that The Abyss update like as one of our first episodes. And then I like looked at the timestamp of it, of when Abyss came out. And I was like, oh, no, they're just cranking stuff out real quick. Like this is so much content in such a short amount of time. It's it's really a shame that they had such a you know a slow start if they're able to crank all this stuff out now. So I don't know where all of this development is coming from out of nowhere. Yeah, but it's I mean, really cool. When Next came out, didn't didn't they mention that they were going to try to do weekly updates? I know a lot of those are like really small, uh, but even those little updates seem like they're I don't know being put to great use uh, because. It seems like there's still a ton of people that are playing this every day. And even like I see Sean Murray tweet every now and then like, yeah, there's still like a million people who play vanilla No Man's Sky on PS4 to this day. It's like, holy crap, update your console. But also that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody out there that's just playing by themselves. No vehicles whatsoever other than their ships. You're just like, dude. Apparently there's like an insane amount of people. Wow. The antisocial bunch. I guess so. Did you guys ever uh, see the article about the people who committed genocide in No Man's Sky? Like, they what? created an entire war. What? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was an article on Polygon about it. Like, I, it was less than a year ago or something like that. But, yeah, there were players that basically, like, launched this full-scale war between two different, like, warring factions. And they ended up, like, basically destroying an entire planet and committing genocide. It was a big deal. I was like, what the and this is i i think this was actually before the uh 
this is before the next update so it's just two like it was a community of players doing so separately i think uh just on their own like talking to each other about it or i think this was actually when you could see wisps because that was a thing before multiplayer was that they eventually updated it to where you could just see like weird little wisps of people which is odd i don't yeah it's it's really odd but i that's what the biggest shame for no man's sky going up against games like fortnite in the game awards with like the that specific category that i'm for some reason not looking up is because no man's sky has put out so much amazing content and it's like fortnite has been pretty much popular ever since battle royale came out and that's for the most part in my opinion what people just base the game off of not many people ever talk about the save the world but when you talk about no man's sky it's like this is a real underdog story they came out and people were legitimately pissed to the point where they were like giving death threats to the developers and now it's fantastic and people really really enjoy it so i don't know i'm kind of sad about that but that's just me you could say the same thing for a lot of those game awards though i mean like Red Dead and God of War are basically going to destroy every other category almost. So I feel like there's a lot of that that happens, unfortunately. It's just some games are just like one step above. I don't know, but I understand what you're talking about with No Man's Sky. But at the same time, you could also argue that like they should have just, you know, probably got it right the first time or set expectations a little bit differently. That being said, they're doing great now, but I'm still, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to justify that. Fortnite originally launched with just save the world and it immediately like tanked. So you could say, you could basically propose the same argument for Fortnite is that they originally came out and didn't have the content that anybody, I mean, some people really enjoyed it, but most people did not care whatsoever, especially after like, I think it was five to seven years in development. So I I don't know. I just feel like the argument stands for both. A a funny story about uh, the Fortnite Save the World is that when that came out, uh, 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 Mike Mahardy and I did a video about Save the World and how bad it is. (laughs) And everyone upvoted it. Everyone on YouTube was like, yeah, I agree. This is such a waste of money. I can't believe we had to wait this long. And then they came out with Battle Royale. And then our video resurfaces and everyone doesn't understand what we're talking about. They're like, are you kidding me? This is like the best game i love battle royale they didn't even mention battle royale and now it's got a bunch of down votes because of <laughs> this like we just right when it came out we jumped on it we were like this is garbage uh personally i still don't like fortnite but that that's always like an interesting story to tell because boy did they flip the script so fast on that oh yeah everybody joins that bandwagon yeah yeah, that's that's very true. I did want to ask you guys because I I realized I didn't actually talk about this last week when I meant to. So the the game awards, there's been several discussions about um, like how you brought up God of War and Red Dead Redemption, and uh, most people have been when they talk about like the inclusion of Celeste for Game of the Year or just any like indie game uh, in general, they're like, oh yeah, it's great that it was nominated. And they're like it's not gonna i mean realistically it's probably not gonna win but i i don't know i have this weird like issue with people just immediately counting it out just because it's an indie game or because it's going up against god of war and red dead redemption 2 but i guess in the past yeah it's been an issue for indie games trying to like break through because not many people play them which sucks <laughs> but how do you guys feel about that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the issue is that uh, 
like a lot of times, I think the game awards still are voted by users, right? Like people vote for them. They're not decided by a group of people, I don't think, right? Uh, you on. can, but it's also decided by judges. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I know a lot of times, like, they include those games for diversity. Like, oh, we need some indie games in here to fill this out. But yeah, a lot of times when it's, like, unleashed to the masses, like, everyone and their mother is going to be voting for Red Dead or God of War. Right, exactly. And I think, honestly, like, it's not even, like, don't get me wrong, those are both amazing games. But it's not even just the fact that they're good games versus an indie game being worse. It's just uh, exposure, really. I mean, think about it. Which one are you more likely going to vote for if you know what it's about like most people probably don't even know what celeste is uh, granted that's probably not true because it is one of the bigger indie games but i mean in general there's probably a lot of indie games that are on that list that people look at and they're like i have no idea what that is so they just end up voting for the one that's in the news so much which is either god of war or red dead redemption 2 it's really a popularity contest when it comes down to it in some cases i was bitter uh dead souls wasn't on there dead cells was really game good of the too because that's that's Probably number two or number one, maybe for my game of the year right now. What's uh, what's your top? Uh, it's either that or Red Dead. Still figuring that out. Okay. See, not picking an indie. <laughs> You're part of the I problem. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be honest. I think Dead Cells is included in the like the indie game of the year or yeah. best indie game of the year. Yeah. Okay. With, it's like Celeste, Dead Cells, uh, Into the Breach, the Messenger, uh, the Messenger, and something else. Into the Breach was also fantastic. Maybe Florence. I'm not, no, I'm not I don't, sure. I don't, yeah. Was it? Was Florence on there? I'm, it, I'm not sure. I, know I think Florence is in couple. one of the categories. Yeah, it was on like two categories, but I can't remember. I don't think it was indie, though. The best indie. Florence is in uh, best mobile game against Fortnite Mobile, I'm fairly certain. Fortnite, destroy <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not excited for any of this to, to happen. <laughs> but uh, to move on to, uh, I guess, greener pastures in a way, at least for me, kind of. I don't know about you guys. Uh, we're over on Game Informer. Yeah, dude, fucking Ninja Turtles. It's good for everybody. Uh, over on Game Informer, this written by J.P. Gamboris. Jamborees. Let's go with Jamborees because that's what his name looks like. Uh, publisher of... V, 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 v. I'm fairly certain that actually has a name other than that. I'm just going to go with it. And Cave Story has a vision for an 8-bit Ninja Turtle game, or TMNT game just in, in general. Uh, it seems that Nicholas Inc. actually put out a screenshot um, or just kind of a picture of an 8-bit Ninja Turtle game on their Twitter recently. And in my opinion, it looks amazing. I would like to say something that I find a little bit odd. Um, it says, like, in the article that uh, they are the team behind retro-inspired gems like Cave Story Plus and uh, 1001 Spikes. Um, and it says Nicholas... Uh, Nicholas would be the perfect indie developer to create this pixelated portrait of our favorite mutant ninja turtles. Or it just says mutant turtles, because why say they're ninja turtles? Everybody knows who you're talking about. Uh, Cave Story Plus was actually I I don't know necessarily um how much like Nicholas had to do with the uh, port of Cave Story to the different to different consoles and stuff like that um but cave story was actually like developed by his screen name is pixel but i think his last name is like mayama or something like that i really can't re remember but he actually i think single-handedly developed cave story 
And then uh, Nicholas helped him with the development of ports and basically like porting it to different consoles, um, including the Nintendo Switch with Cave Story Plus, which I have physically. And it came with a keychain, which is really cool. It actually came with three different keychains. One of Quote, one of Curling, one of Balrog, which I thought was really awesome. But Nicholas is actually one of my favorite publishers because every like indie game that they publish um, and or help port with Cave Story Plus, uh, which they also publish. But um, any uh, anytime they do that physically, they actually include a keychain, which is really cool. Because they also, uh, I think they also um, published wonder boy and the dragon's trap the uh the most recent like remaster of the old uh it was either nes or snes game so but it also came with a lizard man keychain so what you're saying is you want him to do this just because you want a ninja turtle keychain i'm not saying that but yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) nicholas is like my favorite publisher specifically because not only do i get something physical but i also get a keychain (laughs) ah you're ridiculous um <laughs> yeah i don't know I, if if this was a thing i would love it i love the old school ninja turtles games those things are masterpieces um especially just the 8-bit version of it, it looks really really cool um and also have you never played the vvvvv game no i have played it i just don't know how to say the name uh, i don't know if it's meant to be just a bunch of v's i've played a small bit of it because it was a free game for playstation plus uh i played it on my vita for a little bit it was pretty fun it's very weird yeah okay i was gonna say i was like do you just not know what that is or but yeah i guess i don't know if there's a right way to say that it could just be v- or v to the fifth or something to the sixth whatever to yeah. the sixth it, it's it six matter. but yeah <laughs> Are you a big Ninja Turtle fan, Jake? Not really. <gasps> for shame. <laughs> I know. Uh, I haven't played what? any of the Ninja Turtle games, actually, except for, what? like, occasionally playing uh, them in an arcade when I was younger. Yeah, that's the thrill. That is the thrill. <laughs> but I didn't go to an arcade that often, so I, I don't They were, like, just sort of dying out as I was old enough to be interested in them. Mm. The true struggle. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think they were already long dead by the time. But I remember the bowling alley. The local bowling alley had one, and they shut down the bowling alley. So oh. no more. Uh, maybe if that was open longer, then I'd be a Ninja Turtles fan. But It's that damn bowling alley's fault. Yeah. I'm going to trace it all the way back to the bowling alley. <laughs> going to write them a strongly worded letter, even though they're closed. I've already done multiple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, it's good. If it comes out, you'll love it. Trust me. I believe it. All right. That's all I'm I I'm wondering to hear. if if there were like planning on developing an entirely new Ninja Turtle game or if it's just uh, like a remaster of the old Ninja Turtle games in a cooler aesthetic. <laughs> like a revisioning? Yeah, like a remake instead of a remaster, but uh, I mean, I guess in the article it literally says that it's probably not going to happen. It's just like, yeah, that's cool. They put out an 8-bit thing that people like. So for our next story, we are heading over to Twinfinite, uh, this written by Grayson Morales. This is, Ukulele has managed to sell over 1 million copies 
Um, that's basically all the news you have there. Playtonic Games, a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie, Ukulele has managed to sell over 1 million copies. Uh, the development team went to Twitter this week to announce the milestone and to thank all their fans. And then it's like a nice little thank you. Uh, the main reason that I included this is one, because I actually haven't played Ukulele, um, but I think, I mean, I've seen some reviews for it and thought it looked pretty good. It's just an old, like, 3d platformer like collectathon which is cool um but also i wanted to ask your guys's opinion on whether or not you find the title condescending like kind of douchey because he says it's managed to sell over 1 million copies like eh, that just sounds you worded that really weird that's just my opinion what do you, uh, do you guys feel like that's weird i mean he's not wrong uh for being condescending ukulele I I was such a big supporter when it first was coming out. I was like, I was all on it. I remember the day it came out, I was like super hyped. I was at work and I was like, I got to get out of work. This is all that matters right now. Need ukulele. And I was so hyped for it because I, I love Banjo-Kazooie. And then I played ukulele and I was like, eh, it's okay. And like, that was pretty much how I feel a lot of the criticism from it was. Is It just didn't really feel like it was anything new i don't know even though it was supposed to be like you know exactly what banjo kazooie was but it just doesn't feel like it didn't compel me to keep playing i played for a little bit and then i was just like meh enough of this um but i mean it's still selling so good for them <laughs> i don't know yeah i'd be curious to see what i'm curious to see what they do next uh because they seem like a talented studio with like a really strong direction um because i thought the art style and that, that game by itself i thought was beautiful um but i never ended up playing much of it just because of the same reason i was like all right i kind of i kind of get this there's it it's just you know exactly what i would expect a remake of a nintendo 64 game to be or yeah. like a game made in the spirit of a nintendo 64 game to be um but yeah, I mean, I think it's good that it managed to sell that much. Clearly, it means that they're on to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we see more from them soon. Yeah, I definitely think the studio has a good uh, future ahead of themselves anyway. And I'd like to see some newer stuff come from them. I think they'll probably learn a lot of like the pitfalls and criticism that came back from this and be able to create something that, you know, has that same nostalgic feeling, but not... <sighs> it... it changes the script a little bit um so to speak uh so i'm hoping that kind of work comes out of it so we'll see i don't know if they're gonna plan on doing like a ukulele 2 or you know a entirely new cast um but we'll see what happens with 1 million copies they're definitely at least going somewhere I'm plan with a little bit in like new stuff. I'm planning on purchasing ukulele at least once, whether on PS4 or the Nintendo Switch, because um, you got to get them physical copies. But yeah, I just I, I was never a big fan of. I, I'm about to burn some bridges, but I was never a big fan of Banjo Kazooie myself. I was Ugh. just like, eh, it's, it's you okay. and Jared Petty are so yeah, wrong. I, I don't know why. I just I have. Okay, to be fair, I think it's because I hate the N64 controller that much that I what? do not like Banjo-Kazooie. It's the worst controller on earth. You that's can't even argue best, that. That's the best piece of hardware ever. Those I don't like. I didn't those, like Banjo-Kazooie that much either. Giant bananas. <laughs> it was all right. It and it looked so much so uh, 
they were so bad. It, it's just so funny how they were just like basically three bananas that you had to hold on to. And it even looked like that if you uh, purchased the the N64, the Donkey Kong 64, which was a really crazy game back in the day too. Um, but <laughs> there was a, uh, a physical, like one of the controllers that came with the game. If you, I don't know if it was pre-ordered or did something because um, I was too young to remember back then, but I got the controller and it literally was just bananas. Like that's what they made those look like. I remember popping in the expansion pack for that game because my normal Nintendo 64 couldn't handle it, I guess. I feel like there was a lot of games where you had to, like, slap in an extra piece of hardware (laughs) for some reason. It was such a weird console. It's because that controller sucks. (laughs) Like, we have to make you buy other things than new controllers because these are just terrible. (laughs) Just hate. But no, I mean, it's it's a good game. I would definitely recommend it if if you're, like, into you know, these kind of nostalgic feel type games. Um, it just didn't, it didn't hook me, but I know there's a lot of people that like it, obviously with 1 million copies. So I'm sure maybe you'll like it. It's because of those trouser snakes, dude. You could talk to a trouser snake. It's, it's all about. I did multiple times. <laughs> you converse with the trouser snake multiple times? It's probably, is it, is just favorite? Are you your favorite character? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess trouser snake is a pretty cool guy. He's, uh, he's one of my friends. <laughs> All right. So for our next story, uh, speaking of trouser snakes and just monsters in general, uh, for our next story, we are actually going to kind of a blog kind of Kickstarter. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Temtem Alpha launches today. No major. Yeah, I'm not going to read that part because I just realized that's something you guys put there. <laughs> so the alpha is <laughs> launching today <laughs> because they be- bet their... Uh, they basically reached their goal and then some i think it's pretty awesome considering we have a section of this podcast called uh god bless the crowd where we talk about people hopefully reaching their kickstarter goals or at least indie games specifically um but i think this is awesome uh the alpha is launching today it does not have a time frame yet they're still working on the last few bits so uh the development team um they're just asking you to wait a little bit uh there are some kind of like caveats to it it seems Uh, they're asking if there are any bugs that you report them uh on their forum there are only available luma right now which i don't know what that is but there's there's only a few luma available uh the temtem is a challenging game and they recommend that you use items if you're in trouble and there will be no tutorials uh temtem looks fucking awesome it looks sweet. I'm honestly surprised I've never heard Errol talk about this game because he's obsessed with Monster Tamers, and this looks sweet. <laughs> yeah, so um, the reason why I put this up there was actually I was one of the alpha backers for Temtem uh, back when it first came out, and I actually just got the key like an hour or two before um, this podcast, before we started recording. Uh, the way they did... Uh, sending out the keys is in like waves so based on when you supported them when you actually made the purchase um, those people who are coming first get first come first serve Um, and I got to try it out for a little bit Uh, it's man it's like a carbon copy of Pokemon in some some senses Uh, it's very similar the way it starts uh, and the way it feels but there is as far as like the actual fighting goes um, it feels very different because you have to manage stamina with your monsters um and that allows you to use so there's no like um 
you can only use a certain amount of attacks this this many times like in pokemon instead it's like you have to manage a stamina bar and each move costs stamina um and there's certain turns where you just have to rest and you can't even do anything with that monster because otherwise it'll basically hurt itself trying to overexert itself so it, it it gives it a different element of of challenge and interesting puzzle to it um so far like i said i've only had like an hour or so to play with it but it seems really fun the only thing is because there's so many people coming on all at once it's like flooding the servers and there's some weird glitches where it's just kind of crapped out on me a couple of times um but i'm sure that that will work itself out and otherwise just because it's an alpha there's like very limited instructions or tool tips and half of the stuff doesn't work so it can be a little like confusing but it's more of just being like all right well i'll try this and see what it does and then i just have to be like oh okay that's what it does now now i know <laughs> so but otherwise it's pretty fun i find it interesting how there are like not many high quality pokemon ripoff games at <clears throat> least not that i can think of uh not that this is a ripoff or anything but were you saying like it's very similar to pokemon in a sense mm-hmm uh, I find it interesting that it's not like a widely copied formula because uh, it seems so, I don't know, easy to pick up, play, uh, like fun, just collecting monsters and putting together your own team. Yeah, I feel like, um, well, I wish Errol was here, who's our main like mon game expert on the team, um, because I'm, per- I'm pretty sure he would say otherwise and tell us we're wrong oh, yeah, and yeah. they're out there. Um, but to your point, I was having the same conversation with a buddy of mine who we both backed this game and we were playing. And he's like, I'm surprised there's not more of this. He's like, there are some that he was like looking up. But like when we first got this, it was one of those things where it came out and we we're like, man, how can they do this? And then they just did it. And we're like, wow, this is really good. Why don't more games do this? Because it, it seems like you were saying like such an easy concept, as long as you put a spin to it and make something different. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to try it though. It looks pretty cool. I hadn't heard of it until now. Oh, see, there you go. Learn something. Now you're just going to have to pay money to get into the alpha. I mean, so, I, guess so. <laughs> I mean, I had to pay money to get into the alpha. So there's really no difference. <laughs> You'll just have to wait a million years to get your key then. <laughs> like, oh, it depends on when you backed it. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think so. Only only certain people, you had to pay a certain amount to get alpha status. I think it was like $30 minimum, which is kind of pricey. But um, a bunch of my buddies really wanted to do the alpha. And I was like, all right, I'll play with you because there's like a, a multiplayer, which I don't think it even works in the alpha. So pff, shouldn't have done it. But, uh, you know, anyway, um, <laughs> But um, but all of those people, they said, I believe today they're trying to get all of the keys out. It's just it's going in waves. So it's like one hour they have the first wave, the second hour they have the second wave. I think they're just doing that because of time of how long it takes for the logistics of it. Hopefully it's a better like alpha slash beta period than Fallout 76. And they're not just like, yeah, you get five minutes today and then in a week you'll get another five. It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, well, it all paid off for them, though, right? Oh yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> definitely didn't go down in flames. They definitely didn't just apologize. <laughs> now there's that lawsuit. Oh, things are looking things are looking mighty good for them. There's a why, lawsuit. Why, Todd? Why? There's I mean, there's a potential lawsuit. Yeah. There's a oh there's like God. a law firm like getting ready to do something. Nothing's been like officially done, but it might be in the works. So uh, is it like amazing. the the Brendan Green and PUBG always like threatening to sue Fortnite every other week and then it would just blow over a week later and be like, all right, you lost, just get over it. 
Yeah, well, because it's it's specifically it's for like refunds because they're like not giving out refunds yeah. anymore. So well, that that's what I noticed because I bought it on Bethesda Net or whatever it is, and I was like, oh, I want to refund this game, but I can't. <laughs> Are they not allowing you to pursue a refund after a certain amount of time, or is it just no refund? It's not part of Bethesda Net's policy or whatever. Like with Steam, you can. Steam and GOG, uh, but Bethesda. But Bethesda's pretty new. I mean, I guess it's been around for a while, but I I, I don't know what it's called. Bethesda Launcher? Yeah, I don't know. Bethesda.net Launcher. Yeah. yeah. Like it, they, they don't really sell games from there. I feel like most people just buy Bethesda games on Steam, and then if they have to use the launcher, they will. But this was the first game that you could only get on the Bethesda Net launcher. Right. So, like, it's like, all right, I don't like it. Now what? You, you can't really do anything. I mean, granted, though, like, from a realistic point of view, um, Steam and GOG's, uh, their policy is only, like, y- you can't play it for more than two hours, and then you're not allowed yeah. to return it anyway so most likely people are going to end up putting in more than two hours to this game before they mm-hmm. decide whether or not it's for them uh and then by that time it's too late yeah but i don't know I, once again i actually like the game so every time i keep seeing all this <laughs> hatred i'm like oh why couldn't you have been better <laughs> i to be fair i don't hate it like I, I i was having fun with friends but i have no desire to play that by myself I'm, I go back and forth on it. Like, there's certain times where where I enjoy it uh, from a single player aspect, but it's like you need to be willing to read like a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like it's basically like reading a book with occasional fighting super mutants. I'm only level like 15 in it, so I haven't played like a massive amount. But I've only played alone. I haven't played with anybody, and I'm actually really enjoying it. It's I mean I'm it's just, it's not bad. I don't mind it. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it gets crazy. I don't know. Like, me and, uh, like, three buddies ended up killing our first Scorch Beast the other day. And those things are freaking crazy. I don't know how you would do that on your own. <laughs> that thing took us, like, so long. Granted, we're, we're a lot lower than we should be fighting those, but still. Yeah, I probably won't ever fight it alone. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they're scary. They'll break your legs real quick. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Uh, so now it's time to move on to a reoccurring segment. This is just some new stuff that's come out for indie games this week. Um, it's not a whole lot of, we don't have a whole lot to talk about this week when it comes to new stuff. Uh, but for the new stuff, we've got, uh, Breach, welcome to the dungeon brawl official trailer. So Breach got a new trailer. It looks really weird. I don't know how I feel about that game. Uh, we've also got Night in the Wood and Hyperlight Drifter get collectible figures from Fangamer. Um, I've actually seen those. Those are really awesome. I'm actually hoping to get the Hyperlight Drifter uh, collectible. Um, <laughs> Proteus. I don't, I don't know how to say that. Uh, Proteus gets a reveal trailer. That game looks amazing. And for our last bit of new stuff, uh, Best Buy and Limited Run Games are producing physical copies of both Golf Story and Ukulele on the Nintendo Switch. I believe, uh, I don't know if Ukulele is, but Golf Story is coming out on, uh, I think it's December 10th. You can pick it up in Best Buy stores. Hopefully it's easier than when I bought Hollow Knight. So. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, did you, um, oh man, I really, uh, like the look of that Proteus trailer. Like, that game looks so interesting, how it's, like, Doom, but, like, it's it's old, but not? I, I don't know. It's a weird way that they did the graphics for it. I think it looks awesome. It looks like the original Doom, but kind of with better mechanics, hopefully, with better gameplay. <laughs> but they really, they really set themselves up to fail. They're, like... And I don't know exactly when they're coming out. It says, like, 2019. But that's pretty much going to be 
most likely around the same time that the new Doom Eternal comes out. And it's like, which one are you going to get? The actual Doom series or this, you know, kind of cool looking, but not the same Doom game? That's fair. I, I could I imagine there are still a couple like holdouts that uh, love the old Doom and love its like uh, nostalgic feel. So they're playing games like Strafe and stuff like that. They're they're not like moving forward and playing the new Doom. But I don't know. We'll see. It also depends on when it comes out because I'm just speculating that they're probably going to come out at the same time just because, you know, their luck, but we'll see. <laughs> the luck of every game developer? Yeah. It seems. I mean, did you happen to uh, watch the Proteus trailer? I did not. I am just now clicking into it, but I don't want to play it because it'll be noisy. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get to That's time, like my life. Yeah. <laughs> every time I pop up an IGN article to read, I'm like, oh shit. And I like try to click pause as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chrome should automatically mute that stuff. Um, so that like autoplay, Chrome will automatically mute autoplay from what I've been told. Uh, um, that's not happening for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that what I was told. For me but I don't think that happens. That I, at least not that I can think of. Maybe there's like an extension you have to add on or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, whenever you do, it's uh, it definitely looks really cool. I think it'll be a good game, uh, regardless. Um, I mean, based on the screenshots, it looks it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm game for Doom, like <laughs> a cool looking new Doom, but old Doom, I guess. <laughs> A cool looking new, but yeah, it's not new. Doom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I played a little bit of uh, the like remaster, or I guess it's not a remaster. It's I played a little bit of Doom, the remake slash reimagining. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of it because I'm just I play first person shooters, but I'm not a huge fan. It was fun. Um, it, I I played Wolfenstein. I really liked it, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a different story entirely but yeah i think proteus looks awesome i'm more than likely saying that name wrong but no i think proteus sounds, sounds right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yes i think it sounds right boom <laughs> did you look it up you're like oh yeah i think it sounds right you actually like <laughs> piped it into microsoft sam like every other episode <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't but let's check let's check it out what does microsoft sam say it does say proteus you're right Oh shit! See? I was so right. You're so quick with that. I, it's kind of creepy. I open that tab up yeah, that every time. Fast. Every time we have an episode, I open a tab up just so, just so when you go like, I don't know how to say this, I try it. That's that's a good idea. This is why we're partners. See? This is why I'm glad I have you. <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> I feel like I'm third wheeling here. <laughs> I know for a fact you guys are definitely gonna buy these uh, collectibles and physical copies, right? Yeah, he's super excited. Oh yeah, let me tell I you. I mean, golf story though. Like, I'd, I'd get the physical edition for Golf Story. That game is rad. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. And honestly, this physical edition is going to make me play it. <laughs> well, that's I'm going to pay, like, yeah, I'm going to pay, like, $15 more for it. But I'm going to play it. <laughs> I I can't fit physical editions where I live. Like, there's just not enough space. I gave up on, I gave up on that dream a long time ago. <laughs> I think I might have to rethink my, my thought process on what I want to do with my life then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just don't ever move to San Francisco where there's no room anywhere, and then you'll be fine. You can store all the games you want, I think. Where the games industry lives, don't move yeah, there. Don't go. Because... <laughs> 
because I can't have my physical copies. It's cool, dude. I'll get like one of those crazy shelves that just like super rickety and it's mm-hmm. it's like on the ceiling or something. It'll be fine. I'm not worried And then if there's an it. earthquake, which wouldn't happen in San Francisco. We're not known for earthquakes or anything. Uh, it wouldn't fall. It'd be fine. Just glue all of your yeah. collectibles to the roof. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll just glue all my physical copies in. <laughs> I, I think that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> oh, me. you can still look at them. <laughs> see? Yeah. You could even go to bed and just oh, lay shit. up in the ceiling and see all your collectibles and just go to bed knowing oh, all my collectibles are up there. Oh, that'd be great. And hope they don't fall on you while you sleep. <laughs> Well, you, you put like a little uh, a guardrail up or something <laughs> above you. You have to sleep in like a cocoon because you're going to get beamed by your collectibles <laughs> falling in earthquakes. <laughs> that would be awesome. See? I would really you. enjoy that. I told you. <laughs> uh, so now it's time to move on to our other other game segment i guess there's a lot of segments this podcast it's kind of weird i just realized that there's a shitload uh this is god bless the crowd where we kind of just pray to the gods that some uh, kickstarter some indie kickstarter games get funding or we just talk shit about why they chose to go for a hundred thousand dollars and it's definitely not going to happen uh this week we've got three different indie games on kickstarter now we've got gigabuster ether which i'm going to say that's ether because it looks like ether and where the bees make honey I so that i personally last second <laughs> yeah i like opened up the tab i was like shit i can't play the video either because it's gonna be loud <laughs> so i, I just like, put it in there to get you back cool oh. right you're like ha suck it for your stupid physical releases <laughs> now you get to deal with where the bees make honey hey they're lo- they're asking for a reasonable amount they have eight days left, and they've only got to make, like, 900 bucks. That's not right. That's 100% wrong. They only have to make $700, a little bad bit less bro. than that. Bad math, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's – I'm not even joking. I wanted to be a game programmer, but realized I was so terrible at math, and I decided to write about them instead. <laughs> Uh, That's my life. Yeah, so I'm quickly looking at this since we got thrown this last minute. What is this about? It's about is it about so making honey? Bees. <laughs> Not quite. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe it gets into that later. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's very reminiscent of like Captain Toad in the perspective uh-huh. platforming puzzle. Uh, I don't think your character can jump from what I remember. Um, but yeah, it, it's got a neat art style. It's got some fun puzzles, and it's got I don't know. I, I really like the the sort of cute art style and shifting perspectives um we checked it out it it was on our stage at e3 a couple years ago actually maybe it was this year uh on our indie stage and since then i've kind of been following it and saw that they recently just put up a kickstarter and i am as you put it praying to the kickstarter gods that (laughs) it gets funded and i think it might i was a little worried at first i definitely think it will you've got eight days left they're not asking for a ridiculous amount and their higher tiers aren't thousands of dollars, and it's just like, hey, you make my game for me, which I can't say for some other Kickstarter games. <laughs> I, I still have that issue. There's like, I, I think one of the other, I think Gigabuster has like a 6K tier or something like that. It was like $5,000. And okay, one of the two, either Ether or Gigabuster has it, and it's like, you can make. 10 different items in our game and i'm like that literally sounds like i'm making your game 
Yeah, that's the... Sounds like I, Bianca and Evil 2. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you pay us $5,000 and you can make Beyond Good and Evil 2. And then people just re-release Beyond Good and Evil. They, like, remaster it. They're like, suck it. <laughs> Fooled you. I was just going to say, Where the Bees Make Honey looks really cool. I, I, I will, honestly, I'm, I get motion sick. I did when I played Fez. So I will more than likely throw up all over myself if I play that game. Well, maybe this one's not for you then. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't play this then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this one's for me, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who would enjoy this type of puzzle game. It does look pretty cool. Um, you aren't making any honey from what I can see, though, so I'm going to have to take points He's away. Clicked little, like, he clicked little honeycombs, though, it looks like. So that's that's close enough, close right? Close enough. That's stealing honey, not making honey. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's true. That sounds like <laughs> false advertising. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where the bees' honey gets stolen. That's what it should be called. Um, but, on the but on the other ones, uh, so I'll specifically talk about Aether? Aether? I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> um, it looks really cool, though, even though it's got a crazy $5,000 tier. Um, but it, it kind of just, I'm looking at it, it reminds me of like a 2D... Skyrim like <laughs> it's so strange but it looks really interesting there's like a lot of different powers and you're running through and you get to like craft your own items it, it seems like there could be a lot of depth to this game each like even each item has like different effects like long blades um, well-balanced tool well suited for any situation and they get critical strike whereas your bludgeons get like a critical strike which stuns people um, so there seems to be a lot into it um, and I just love these old, like, 2D-ish games. It just looks like a... I don't know. It looks good. Yeah, I think Aether looks amazing. One of my weird hang-ups about games like Chasm and just other, like, indie, indie games, where you can, like, put on armor and it doesn't show on your character sprite. <laughs> that really bothers me. I hate it. It's like, what's the point of getting armor? And in Aether, you can't. It's cool. You can put on armor and you actually wear armor. But Ether is the one that I was talking about that it's like, you pay $5,000 and you can make my game for me because it literally <laughs> has create a character, create a custom item, create an enemy, create a statue, create a boss, and then you're credited with in special thanks. You should... I gave you $5,000, made a shitload of your stuff. You better <laughs> fucking give me a special thanks. <laughs> and some money. <laughs> some earnings yeah right I'm, i don't I, i'll never understand i'm it. always so interested in who the what type of person is that like that will do this one how do you just have five thousand dollars to give into a random game like you, you have to really believe in where this game is going yeah it just fucking star citizen dude <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god uh, I honestly, uh, it makes me wonder if, like, the people who choose these high tiers where you get to create stuff in games, I wonder if they put that on, like, their resume. If they want to be, like, in, in game development, and they're like, I created characters in this game and this game. I don't know. I would. I mean... But if I paid $5,000. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. But, like, how much, how much are they really putting into that creation part? I'm pretty sure it's more of, like, a, here's your basic template that you could choose from. Like, kind of pick and choose things. Like, I don't think they're going to give them that much creative freedom. 
Yeah, what I'd color hair should I he have in five thousand dollars? Like, uh, my character is just all butts, and that's uh, that's what it's gonna be. It's just a big butt monster. All right, I paid five thousand dollars. You have to put it in. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> if I give you five thousand dollars, you better let me put an anus monster in your freaking game. <laughs> I mean, well, if, if I make a game, I'll let it. It looks I'll pay cool, you five thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah, Ether looks amazing. I think it looks awesome. It's definitely if I had to choose one of the three, I was a hundred percent gonna play. I would choose that one because it's already funded. <laughs> Wait, it is? It already got funded? Yeah. yeah it, it. Yeah, they had a fifteen dollar, uh, fifteen fuck, fifteen dollar, fifteen thousand dollar goal, and they're at uh, twenty eight thousand dollars over that. Nice. Yeah. I'll more than likely be able to play that on uh, PC, Mac, or Mac or Linux. Who plays game on Macs, by the way? Who's playing games on there on the, uh, on their like Mac home computer? I do you I, do you I guys tried have a to Mac? play. I tried to play uh, Oberdin on a Mac uh, earlier this week, and I was like, nope, can't do this because there was screen tearing, and I didn't know how to get rid of it on a Mac because there's no, nothing in the options. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna. Wait until I get back to my PC and I'm gonna play it on there. But that's my experience with playing games on Mac. So yeah, I don't know because it seems like there's a lot of ask for it, especially on Kickstarter. I see it so often that they they have the Mac option. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know anybody who plays games on Mac. That's kind of weird. Did you, uh, Jake, when you were playing Obra Din on your Mac for like ten seconds before it just really sucked? Uh, did you? It, was it like meta for you for a second? Because I guess the uh, the game's graphics are actually based on the early Macintosh games. Yeah, so you you can set the graphics uh, like to different sort of classic consoles. Like I think you can do. Um, Jeez, I'm not the one to be talking about this. I don't really not too familiar with those classic <laughs> consoles, but I know there's like a whole setting where there's like eight different styles that are kind of like classic consoles or like PC. But uh, I never even thought of it when I was playing it, though. To answer your question, <laughs> I, was I like, feel huh, bad. Cool art style, but there's screen tearing. So <laughs> yeah, when it originally popped up as like uh, as an indie story that we talked about on the podcast, both Josh and I kind of just shit on it because we didn't like the art style we're like man this game looks cool but i i definitely don't like the art style i think that's why he asked you yeah. uh, earlier uh, if it okay. hurt your head yeah the first because it's got such a weird art style <laughs> oh i like the art style i i get it though like it was kind of jarring at first um the music though is really good like if anything if, if you don't think you can be able to play it, you should at least just like go on youtube and look up Oberdin music and listen to it because it's some bangers on there. Oh, some bangers! Oh, That's what I'm shit. talking about! God damn it. <laughs> Certified bangers. <laughs> oh, man, that's your favorite word. I hate my word. life. That's your favorite word, Vaughn. <laughs> Jake can't come back to the podcast. It's <laughs> no never going to happen again. <laughs> He's a banger official. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the other game that we have literally not talked about at all is Gigabuster. Uh, I, I, it's definitely not getting funded, I, I would assume. It's got 16 days left, and it's got over 16K to go. It has to make $1,000. I mean, it doesn't actually have to make $1,000 a day, but I just don't see it getting the funding to, to actually come to anything. That's kind of a shame, it's, though, because like, it looks pretty cool. I would play it. Yeah, it's a really cool looking game, especially if you're a fan of of Mega Man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah I just 
it's definitely a shame that people didn't want to hawk their money to make their game. Well, it's because they didn't put a $5,000 reward like the other ones did. That's so true. You really have to appreciate that they only went up to $500. That's so awesome. They didn't go to like $10,000 or something crazy like everybody else does for some reason. And then they're like, make my game for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of sucks, though, because it does look really cool. I would definitely play uh, the hell out of this game. Are you a fan of 2D platformers, Jake? Or, I guess, 2D action platformers is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I'm not a huge fan. Like, I wasn't super excited for, what was it, Mega Man? 11. 11? 11. Yeah, 11. 11, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> uh, he was excited but... for Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah, I'm a, I was a big Mighty Number no. Nine guy. Uh, after <laughs> 16 delays or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean I like those games. I, like for me personally, of these, I think Aether would be the one that I'm most interested in. Which it so- seems to be the uh, consensus. Consess. Oh my God, consensus. Consensus. <laughs> yes, that's the word. <laughs> I'm a mush mouth too. Don't worry. <laughs> I've said freaking fries days like six times on this podcast. <laughs> it's really starting to piss me off. Yeah. Every time we see a release <laughs> for Friday, he gets a little nervous. <laughs> I'm just going to take my time because it's time for the indie games release schedule. This is where I mess up consistently and say fries days or just some other weird crap. Uh, so every week, the Inner Incursion podcast brings you a bunch of game, indie games that are coming out that this week, that week, whatever. I don't know when you're listening to this. It could be freaking present or past tense. It's, it's a thing. Uh, this is for November 25th through December 1st. There is actually like a shocking amount of like indie games that aren't coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One this week. Normally, we at least have like five or six, but... Just not really any this week, which is a little odd. But I guess it's time for me to torture myself and get into this. Uh, So we've got a bunch of different platforms on here. I'm going to start off with multiple. Uh, This would be coming to uh, different consoles, whether it be PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Switch, anything like that. Um, Don't worry, I'll list it for you. It'll be really nice. Uh, So we've got our first one is Floor Kids, which looks amazing by the way i'm definitely i'm gonna get into that in a second uh it's coming to playstation 4 and xbox one tuesday november 27th horizon chase turbo is coming to xbox one and switch wednesday november 28th nary tower of sheeran kind of maybe uh is coming to switch and windows pc thursday november 29th the first tree is coming to xbox one and switch friday november 30th yeah i got it don't you worry. I'm not going to say it. Uh, and we don't have any games coming out for PS4 or PS Vita. Or I mean, Technically, we do. We have Floor Kids, which you should probably buy because it looks awesome. Uh, so it's time to move on to the Xbox One games. We've got The Gardens Between is coming to Xbox One Thursday, November 29th. Goat Punks is coming to Xbox One Friday, November 30th. And that's it for Xbox One. Super exciting. Now it's time to move on to Switch. Uh, this abundance of Switch games every week. It's generally all of them come out on Thursday, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so we've got Mordheim Warband Skirmish is coming to Switch Monday, November 26th. 99 Vitas. 
I'm assuming that's it's 99 Vitas, which is interesting. Uh, Definitive Edition is coming to Switch Tuesday, November 27th. This War of Mine Complete Edition is coming to Switch Tuesday, November 27th. Yeah, I did say Tuesday. Okay, good. It's, it's freaking me out that I said it wrong. I'm really like self-conscious about this now. <laughs> I have issues. Uh, we've got R-Type Dimensions X coming to Switch Wednesday, November 28th. Abzu is coming to Switch Thursday, November 29th. Uh, Akihabara Feel the Rhythm Remixed is coming to Switch Thursday, November 29th. Cattails is coming to Switch Thursday, November 29th. Crimson Keep is coming to Switch Thursday, November 29th. Screen Cheat Unplugged is coming to Switch Thursday, November 29th. Stardust Galaxy Warriors Stellar, Cli- Stellar Climax is coming... That any Anytime it includes Climax, I just assume it's one of those weird, like, harem games. <laughs> I feel like it's just a safe assumption. Uh, but it's coming to Nintendo Switch Thursday, November 29th. Coffee Crisis is coming to Switch Friday. Fucking yeah! shit! hate my life is coming to switch friday november 30th escape doodle land which i've actually been following for like a year or two it looks pretty cool it's i i'm pretty sure it's because i follow the pr manager on twitter and she tweets about it all the time and i got super stoked uh so escape doodle land is coming to switch friday november 30th harvest life is coming to switch friday november 30th I Am the Hero is coming to Switch Friday, November 30th. It's actually on sale on play or play for PlayStation Plus members as well on PS4, which is really cool. Um, Rock Boshers DX Director Director's Cut is coming to Switch Saturday, December 1st. And that's it for the Switch games. Trust me, it's almost over with. You only have to listen to like 12 Windows games, and then that's it. It's, it's no big deal. Uh, so now we're moving on to the Windows PC section. Uh, we've got Incredible Mandy coming to Windows PC Monday, November 26th. Cardcore coming to Windows PC Monday, November 26th. Uh, Propaganda Llama, which is, yep, uh, coming to PC Monday, November 26th. From Beyond Prologue is coming to PC Wednesday, November 28th. Survival's Left, uh, Survivor's Left X is coming to PC Wednesday, Wednesday, November 28th. Uh, Toltec, The Mysteries of the Secret Island is coming to PC Wednesday, November 28th. Middleborg, City of Mages is coming to PC Thursday, November 29th. Newt One is coming to PC Thursday, November 29th. Ricky Runner is coming to... Nope, it's Ricky Runner Super Boot Cup. Uh, Yep, goddammit, I hate... This is always the worst section of every podcast, is reading this damn (laughs) release schedule. Uh, Do you you do it every week? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Josh has offered to help me with it, but for some reason, I'm just like, I'm going to torture myself. I'm going to read this every single week. So have more respect for me, please. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I couldn't do it, but I also wouldn't want to do it. That's good. You're not going to be on the podcast anymore, Jake. You freaking banger. (laughs) Uh, Ricky Runner Super Boot Cup is coming to PC Thursday, November 29th. 
void with a bunch of periods in between every letter for some reason is coming to pc thursday november 29th dave is coming to pc friday <laughs> november 30th epic battle fantasy 5 is coming to pc friday november 30th king randall's party is coming to pc friday november 30th lethal running prologue there's two prologues on this wow why are there two prologues just that's just weird uh lethal running prologue is coming to pc friday november 30th super fighters deluxe is coming to pc friday november 30th the subject is coming to pc friday november 30th Thay is what i'm going to say is uh Thay to the shattering is coming to pc friday november 30th and trio adventures the last title for today is coming to pc friday november 30th so what we like to do now is we pick out a title or two uh, that we would recommend or that we think is funny and or uh, looks funny, I guess, is what Josh normally picks. He always picks the weird ones. <laughs> no, I don't. Or I just pick Chasm like six times because I wanted to talk about Chasm more. So what, what game would you pick today, Josh? What game would you recommend our listeners, uh, however few they are? Pick so <laughs> it's, it's not funny. Uh, it's Screensheet Unplugged. Um, so Ooh, screen- that's a good, yeah. That's a good pick. So Screensheet is a game that has been out uh, on other consoles, but now is coming to the Switch, and I feel like it's really good for the Switch because the Switch, their whole main thing, especially with Nintendo, is you know party games being able to just pick up the Switch and bring it over to someone's house and be able to play with it, uh, especially since you can use just a Joy-Con for one player um so you automatically have two controllers but it's really cool because it's a basic you know uh style of fps so to speak of like the four person screen split game but instead of just playing against people and trying to kill them the big thing is you can't see anyone so you're literally screen cheating to find out where others are because everyone's invisible so you have to just read the room as to where they're at based on the textures on the wall or based on the weapon they're holding and then find them and actually kill them so it's really it's a unique concept and it's definitely very uh i guess frustrating at times when people kill you and you're not expecting for them to be there um but it's it's a lot of fun which one did you pick out jake are you actually uh had I think you wanted to talk about a different game. You yeah, hadn't I, picked one out that was on the list. I was going to talk about Mutant U Zero, but I already did. Uh, but I can talk about <laughs> Abzu um, because I think that is a fantastic game that I played on 2016 on PS4. Uh, and that game is gorgeous. It's uh, tranquil, meditative, uh, definitely worth playing. It got a lot of comparisons to Journey. Uh, I personally like this more than Journey, but Journey didn't quite do it for me. Um, but yeah, I'd highly recommend Abzu. Uh, once again, the music and that is very good. Don't worry, I won't say it. The music is very <laughs> yes. good as well. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Had some bangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, and also, shout out to Dave because He's Dave. A cool guy. Whatever this game is, I like Dave. searched it. I like searched Dave for PC, and it was like dangerous Dave. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I was like, "Where's Dave?" <laughs> it's always fun. I always put like Dave game, and it always like happens to come up. There's a few times that I've like tried to put something in, and it was just something super weird. So I was like, 
Nope, I'm not gonna put you in, I guess, because I can't find you. <laughs> you should, like, make up the name of a game and put it in here and see if whoever else is on can figure out the made-up game. <laughs> That'd be good. I just torture myself a little bit more <laughs> and, like, actually create a game. I mean, I'm kind of a cra- I'm, like, a crazy person, so I would, like, if I ever did that, I would get so into it, I would make, like, a <laughs> Steam page and everything. <laughs> I'd be like, find it, Josh. I bet you can't. <laughs> see about that. <laughs> you may or may not have just given me an idea for a fun game to play, so... <laughs> So I did want to ask you, since you talked about Abzu, so Abzu is often brought up in the when they're talking about Journey because I believe, uh, I think it was the, it was like the, the guy who worked on the music for Journey also worked on the music for Abzu or something like that. It was, I think it's yeah. one of the few people that worked on Journey also worked on Abzu. Mm -hmm. Um, do you with Journey being such a huge thing? Do you think it's necessarily fair for people to? like compare the two when it's it's mostly only like relation to journey is because of the one person no i don't think so uh but that was like part of how that abzu got big i think was just because it was like hey someone from journey also worked on this game and that's kind of one of those double-edged swords like cool it's gonna give give it more recognition but also it's gonna set these expectations um that aren't necessarily fair uh, but it definitely shares some qualities, like the sort of meditative, quiet gameplay, um, explorative, exploratory. I don't know. I don't know. One of those words will work, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair, but both are good games, and Abzu is great if you haven't had the chance. May not be great on handheld, though. I might, it might be cooler to have on a bigger screen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is like, I feel for that, it kind of doesn't really blend well with the Switch, especially if you just have handheld mode, because you're really not going to get immersed into the game if you're just like on that yeah. tiny screen. I'd also recommend playing with headphones, too. Yeah, I've been can. wanting to play Abzu for a while. Um, so No physical edition, though? <laughs> Ooh, this guy's catching on quick. <laughs> Uh, I feel like he just came on the podcast to burn me. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. John John gave me a list of everything I should say. So I've just been reading off of his notes. It's about time you don't get to be the bully, Vaughn. Yeah, is there just are are you do you got laser league in there? Do you need to talk about it too? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He uh, didn't say anything about pickaxe animations though. That's true. <laughs> list is outdated <laughs> <laughs> so for my games that i actually picked out i picked out i was guess i'm the one who picked out a weird game uh so the two games that i picked out that i think are awesome is uh one is floor kids it's a break dancing game it's like a break dancing rhythm game i think it looks really funny and awesome i that's for the most part the reasons i chose it i'm not a huge fan of rhythm games but i think there's like no breakdancing games, or at least I haven't seen any. So I thought that was kind of unique. And the other game that I picked out and wanted to give a shout out to just because I find it a hilarious concept is Cattails. And its subtitle is Become a Cat. See, it's it's a cat like simulator RPG. You just you play as a cat. You hunt for food. You fight invading cats. You you explore. You do all sorts of stuff. Uh, it is a little odd that it says get married and raise a family of kittens. 
That, okay. That's an odd concept. But those are the two that I wanted to talk about. Uh, speaking of weird titles that were kind of hard to find in Google, Cattails is obviously, like, it's a type of plant. So it took me a second to find Cattails the video game, which is kind of interesting. I literally <laughs> just did that, too. I was like, oh, Cattails, let me check that out. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look at a damn plant. <laughs> Those plants have always creeped me out, too. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, I, I don't like them. And when they break apart, yeah, it's like I all this fluff know. inside. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> so normally to end the podcast, what I'd like to do is ask people um, how they thought the podcast went. But like I told you before the podcast, which obviously you, the listeners wouldn't know, I wanted to ask a weird random question. Um, and I just kind of thought about this while I was at work. And I'll give you guys a little time to answer. But I wanted to ask you guys what your weirdest fear is and why. So to explain, I have a really weird fear that people make fun of me all the time for. Um, and it's because I'm afraid of open water, but it's because I think there's monsters in it. So I like I don't go to lakes and I won't swim in the ocean because I'm afraid there's some sort of like Kraken-esque creature or like s- some scary shit like Cthulhu that's going to murder me inside this open water. So I exclusively swim in pools, but even like dark pools kind of freak me out. Like when I was a kid, I sw- I like at a local pool you had to like basically swim from like one side of the pool to the other to prove that you could swim and uh to do the diving board. And I like for some reason had imagined that a shark was going to attack me in this fucking pool. So, like, I, I just swam as fast as humanly possible. So, I was wondering if you guys have any, like, weird fears off the top of your head that people might make fun of you for. So, I can make fun of you for it later in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is so strange. Uh, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, I guess is I have a weird, and it's not that weird because nobody really wants that, but anytime I see a bird fly over me, I freak out because I think it's going to poop on me. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I've had a bird poop on me before, and now every time I see like a bird fly over the corner of my eye, I like, duck and try to like step out of the way. <laughs> yeah, my wife is always like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this bird! I gotta get out! <laughs> you like always just carry an umbrella with you everywhere you go? No. You're like, I'm not risking it. <laughs> this isn't happening. <laughs> No, not that crazy. <laughs> I always loved that people were like, oh, yeah, it's it's good luck. And I'm like, that's bullshit. This fucking bird just shit on me. It is not good luck. Yeah, I mean, whoever came up with that clearly had just got uh, pooped on by a bird. Uh, clearly, up- they just think it's hilarious. <laughs> you bringing up umbrellas reminded me of mine, I guess. I don't like umbrellas, but I think part of it is because I'm tall. So, like, when there's a lot of people walking uh, on the street during the rain, you. like, I'm always, like, I have this visual of one of the, like, pointy parts getting in my eye. So, oh, I'm, like, geez. always on a lookout whenever it's raining and people have umbrellas because I'm, like, always the perfect height to get hit by one of those. <laughs> and one time I guess that's a when benefit young, to me being excessively short. Uh, hey, <laughs> short buddies. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, one time when I was young, I was opening up an umbrella and I got my finger caught and it really hurt and I didn't like opening umbrellas for a while after that. So I think that might tie into it. <laughs> oh too, yeah, that's another my, one actually. This one actually my umbrella makes, fear. 
this one actually makes more sense is uh popping corks like on bottles like i almost got hit oh, in the yeah. eye one time by one so now anytime they like pop i like freak out <laughs> damn i did not expect you guys to have such interesting ones <laughs> <laughs> Or like the, I've never thought about that, that tall people always have to worry about getting hit in the face with stuff. Like, I mean, just I don't know if it's... You get stabbed in the eyes and shit with umbrellas. I don't know if it's worth worrying about that much, but it's something that I always crosses my mind whenever it's raining and I'm like, I gotta be careful today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ever kind of afraid, like working in the games industry, lots of people have to take trips to Japan. I've heard that their doorways are excessively small. Are you ever afraid you're going to have to go to Japan and, like, crouch going through doorways? <laughs> I mean, if they were going to send me to Japan, I think I'd manage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'd be okay. You're like, I uh, guess I'll just deal with the doorways. <laughs> not not really, uh, but, like, I know uh, Ben Pack, who works at Giant Bomb, he's, like, 6'9", I want to say. Jesus. I know he, Holy he, shit. he like... Like, even doors here, he has to duck his head under. We also have an engineer, someone on the engineering team who's also, like, just as tall. Uh, and I know they have, I've seen them. Well, actually, I don't think I've seen Ben walk in anything, but I've seen the person on the engineering team walk right into a door because <laughs> he thought he'd clear it, but didn't quite clear it. So now he just crab walks through doors. He's like, I'm not falling for it again. Oh, that's this terrifying. This isn't happening. <laughs> I just created a new fear for you. This is not just umbrellas stabbing you. It's doorways. Tall people crag wa- crab walking. That's oh, the that fear. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the fear? It's not even doorways. It's just random, like, super tall people crab walking. Yeah, now I have that image in my head, and I don't like it. <laughs> crab walking is just kind of the natural, like, it's super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never thought about that when I was a kid, when you had to do that in gym class. It's just terrifying (laughs) so that's about the end of our indie game podcast that's all about indie games and definitely not about anything else uh thank you guys so much for listening this far if you did i'm glad you know some intimate fears of ours uh we post this every friday um we also have different like interviews that we'd be doing with developers that'll most likely post on mondays um i posted the greg lobanov one on monday uh he's a great guy i really enjoyed that interview so make sure you guys check that out It's available on our Spotify feed, uh, on Podbean, and on YouTube. I I totally forgot the third one. I knew there was a third one. (laughs) You're supposed to never forget the first. Right? Yeah, I always just immediately uploaded to YouTube and then eventually got it on real podcast services. So uh, I should be able to get this podcast on other podcast services soon as well, uh, like Google Play and iTunes and stuff like that, hopefully. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, Jake, so much for joining me. Uh, Josh, it was terrible as always. Ah, yeah, always good. This freaking banger talk and making me say fries days and shit. Always a banger with hate you. It. <laughs> it's the worst I, I would ask you guys real quick last question would you say this podcast was a banger jake was it was it a banger did you really like it I, i'd say it's a certified banger oh damn certified that's what i'm talking about eventually i'm gonna put out a physical edition of this podcast and i'm gonna put certified it's gonna be like <laughs> rotten tomatoes how that's like certified fresh will there it's be exciting. a keychain in it because only if there's a keychain will i be interested in it yeah, it'll be it'll I mean, basically be two cartoon versions of us, and then the word banger in between us. 
and just like just a, it's just gonna be like a random like keychain of Jake getting stabbed by an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about it for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day.